Have we forgot about how amazing it is to have a good makeout session? Yeah. Like sometimes it's just like want to do it. And I'm like, yes, but I want to do all these things. Kiss me more. Looks like you've officially entered the group chat with your best friends. My name is Ali Pintucci, and this is the Unfiltered Podcast, the place where we leave the heavily filtered world of social media to talk about anything and everything uncensored. From personal wellness to entrepreneurship, spirituality, sex, surviving breakups, and hilarious girl talk in between, this is the space for important conversations that women should be having with their best friends. So pour yourself a glass of whatever makes you feel good, sit back, and join me as I navigate adulthood with real, unfiltered conversations. Hello. Hi, Ellie. <laughs> I was like, I did she want me to talk? Yeah. Did she want me to talk? These, these intros are always like the funniest because every time I record with someone, we're talking for like 10 minutes before. Before. And then it's like the fake like, hello, welcome. Pretend like we just got here. <laughs> yeah, we just met. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. It's this drizzly fall day here wait, in where? Ontario. Oh, wait, shut up. You're Canadian. Yeah. I'm from Toronto. You are? Yeah, I'm, oh, wow. I, we should have recorded in person. I was in Toronto last week. Seriously, that would be amazing. Yeah. Anytime you're home, tell me. Perfect. Okay, side conversation. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I am so excited to have Dr. Jordan Wiggins on the show today um, because we're talking about some sex-related things today, um, but some stuff that we've never actually talked about on the show, and I think it's on topics that I don't hear a lot of women speaking about and not even in my friend group either because I don't know if anyone in my friend group is either experiencing this or maybe has like shame speaking about it um but we're going to dive into some like juicy things about sex and all about you know the working female the entrepreneur that hustle culture that we all live in and burnout and there's a lot of topics that I want to go over with you today but before we dive in I'd love to learn a little bit more about you and what you do and how you work with women and kind of like what your story is how you got to be doing what you're doing today all right well Cole's notes obviously yeah <laughs> I was like so we really do need to have that yeah. lunch in Toronto <laughs> if you want to hear the whole thing totally so Obviously, I did not set out to, because what I do today, I help CEOs, founders, female entrepreneurs be as badass in the bedroom as they are in the boardroom. I'm obsessed. That's the best <laughs> mission statement I've literally ever heard. When I saw that, I was like, I'm so excited <laughs> to speak so with you. <laughs> and I I did not set out for this to, to be my career, my trajectory, my path, obviously, because like you just said, the shame around it. So for me, it was this lifelong journey and struggle with mental health, hormones, pelvic pain, where I would lose and find my libido again and again and again, postpartum. Um, just these life changes that kept happening. And I would be suffering or dealing with it alone. Mm. In my pre-med degree, I went on birth control for the first time. Obviously, lots of pressure, lots of stress. Um, that was sort of the first time. And I was reading medical journals, reading books, kind of like in silence, like, what's wrong with me? All of my friends mm -hmm. are saying that they're having like the best sex and these one night stands, early twenties, you know? Um, and I'm like, Toronto, thanks to do yeah. that. In Vancouver now there's nothing like you stay home. <laughs> I feel like even more after COVID, that's just more of a thing yeah. in general or we're older. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Less patients. It's fine. May, yeah. So stand in a line to like get yeah. in somewhere. Not, no, not for me anymore. No. Mm -mm. <laughs> Fast forward, became a naturopathic doctor, just on my journey to heal myself and help other women. And I thought if I can balance everyone's hormones and help them eat cleaner and, you know, do, do exercise, do all the things that we know we should be doing, then I will help their 
sexual health. Mm. I will be able to fix all problems. So I opened a women's health clinic that I ran for eight years and I actually just closed on September 30th. Um, It was time, excited about the new direction, just this, Mm -hmm. what I do now, I love, I'm called to do it. I have impact worldwide, not just Mm -hmm. locally. So it's amazing. Um, But my, my mission then was I'm going to help women. I'm going to help burnt out women because what I was seeing a lot of is what I call super women. Women who are, they have a mission. They're over-functioners. They like to do things right, driven, usually professionals of some kind or like really skilled, successful entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. And they would burnout. And it's interesting because we can have so much success in one area of our life, career or taking care of our family, but the area that was suffering or the area that seemed to be suffering was taking care of ourselves. Yeah. It's like that concept of like something's got to give and it's always like us. Who's What's yeah. the first thing to yeah. come off the calendar? Yeah our our self-care our yoga our dentist appointment yeah our priorities (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah so we're always like last on that list and intimacy Mm. libido that spark that you know feminine fire or aliveness it's just gone when we're burnt out or it's dimmed Mm. very dimmed down so I realize I'm not alone All of my patients, thousands of women were feeling the same way as me. So for eight, nine years, I was reading the journal articles and books in silence. And then I opened this medical clinic and it's like, holy and I forgot to ask him. I love to Oh, we can swear. Like, I knew okay. you were going to ask. Okay. I'm like, okay. Go for I was it. Like, yeah. <laughs> I didn't ask at the beginning. Um, <laughs> I'm not the, and now I even remember, I forget which swear I was going to use. So you're going to say, holy shit, it's not yeah. just me. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just me. This is yeah. not only, so burnout, of course. Yeah. We know this. What a lot of women don't know is that sexual dysfunction, which I'll define in a second, but that affects one in two women globally. What? So what other health concern do you know affects 50% of women worldwide? I think maybe I'm just misinterpreting or I have a different idea in my head of what I think sexual dysfunction is. Okay, so let's talk about it. Because I'm like, there's something I must be missing for this equation to be so mathematically incorrect in my mind. (laughs) But when we think about it and we think about our own stories or our friends, if they aren't too ashamed to share, Mm -hmm. it's probably happened. So sexual dysfunction is pain with sex difficulty orgasming or not being able to orgasm Mm. huge issue and there's a ton of shame around that a lot of women feel so broken that they don't like to say or share Mm -hmm. um difficulty getting aroused and staying aroused so for those of us that are writing emails in our heads or like thinking about our to-do list while we're being intimate, that would be an arousal issue. Like staying in the moment is challenging. Right. And desire, not having the desire to be intimate. Well, yeah. Now that you mention pain, I feel like that's such a common thing in conversation. Like what degree of pain? Like, yeah, define pain. So sex should not be painful unless you want it to be. What if it like goes too deep? <laughs> like, and, you know, like, where do you, yeah, where do you draw so, the But line? that's actually a great question yeah. because even your cervix being hit, we have a lot of um, stored like emotional trauma, trauma in yeah. our cervixes. And think of a lot of times when they are touched. It's sex that's too deep. When we weren't prepared or wanting that 
paps, <laughs> babies, mm. having a baby. Like there's a lot of even traumatic experiences with women's cervix. Right. The having an abnormal pap and the shame and misconception and all of the things around that. So. Wow. That's like crazy because in my head, I'm like, oh, it's just the angle. (laughs) (laughs) And yes, biomechanically, anatomically (laughs) speaking, we could have sex in different positions that would elongate the vaginal canal and make it less likely that your cervix is going to get hit. But And I don't, this is a whole other conversation that we could have. That's what I mean. I told you, I'm like, we don't know where this conversation is. I know, it's it's always an onion and (laughs) there's just, there's so much to talk about. And there's, there's just so much myth out Mm. there and misconception. And so you literally, we can talk for hours. Um, So what I was going to say is about cervical orgasms. Mm. Like, so majority of women 70 percent of women can most reliably orgasm when there's clitoral stimulation right and that's why penetration alone only about 30 percent of women about a third Mm -hmm. can orgasm from penetration alone like have the internal nerve stimulated g-spot cervix Mm -hmm. to orgasm and this is something that Hold we Hold on. Could... I'm sorry. I know here and I'm like... <laughs> no, ask. Please ask. Please ask so I can explain it clearly. I feel like I'm I'm a little bit shocked. I actually did not know there was a cervical orgasm. When you said cervical, I was like, wait, did she mean G-spot? But then you said G-spot and cervical. And I was like, what are we talking about here? Right. Is a cervical okay. what would cause a woman to squirt? A woman to squirt? Is it's that totally usually different too? spot orgasms because okay. that the tissue on the like anterior about an inch and a half in the vagina, like towards your belly button um, and where your urethra is, like you're stimulating right. that yeah. tissue. So, and here's the, th- this is, this is one. it's like, it's good to know these things, but then mm-hmm. I also we can take it too far and Instagram can take it too far because so really, if we think about it, we have nerve networks. It's the nerves that get stimulated to achieve orgasm. Mm -hmm. And the G spot nerves are really the same as the clitoral nerves. So depending on your anatomy, that's why some Mm -hmm. women like their clitoris is getting stimulated in certain positions depending on their anatomy and they have an easier time orgasming from penetration alone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so just like we can overstimulate or get used to certain stimulation from our vibrators and make it easy to orgasm just that one way, Mm -hmm. we can also train ourselves, train our nerves, even anuses, to have orgasm. Orgasm from having your nipples stimulated. Yeah, we got to get to work, honeys. There's a lot of, we have, (laughs) this is the type of boot camp that no one signs us up for. And you know what? I'll go first. (laughs) So it's so, because, and I'm teaching, I'm teaching this. I'm teaching great women this because we do need to know we need to know more about our bodies explore all of that stuff but yeah and we did I just took you guys from like yeah so we'll go back to pain in a second but (laughs) (laughs) to sex PhD (laughs) oh my gosh no this is crazy okay this is all like this is all amazing information and I just I want to talk about like just because I don't want anyone listening feeling bad or broken because this is like going to the gym Mm-hmm. or like training for something yoga yeah. you don't just go once and expect to be a master or expect to be in shape after going one time mm-hmm. these are things that we need to first undo our cultural conditioning and terrible beliefs around sex to know what is possible for our bodies and then practice at it so if you're yeah. thinking like 
I can't have a cervical orgasm or I can't mm-hmm. have a G-spot orgasm. I can't squirt. Mm-hmm. You're not you're not broken. Like don't feel bad. Um <laughs> I can't believe I'm about to tell this story on the podcast, but it's fine. We'll just it's fine. We'll just go there. We're going there. So, I <laughs> I was listening to a Sex with Emily podcast on squirting. And <laughs> she was like every woman, every single woman has the ability to squirt. And I'm like, nah, no way. And she was like going through same thing what you were talking about. And this episode was solely on squirting and female orgasms. But she was saying the same thing. It's just a matter of having your body relax into new sensations and allow uh, sensations that we might think are like, oh, I have to stop that because I'm scared or I have to stop that because I think I might pee my pants, but really it's not pee or, you know, she's like going through all these things. Then she gives (laughs) instructions on how you can like incorporate this practice into your day-to-day. Self-pleasure routine. Yeah. So you guys listening know this um, and maybe maybe you're listening to this episode for the first time or hearing me for the first time, but Cole's notes is a few years ago, I went on a no man diet. I said, I feel like I'm the common denominator in a lot of my relationships. I'm recognizing patterns that I'm responsible for. I want to take a break from interacting with men so I can really dive in to my own patterns to kind of work on them and recognize them a little bit. And in that time, Um, developing a self-pleasure practice was one of the things. I just felt so disconnected from my body. And I know we touched on hormones, you know, between you and I, but, you know, at the time I had gained about 35 pounds in eight weeks. My face exploded with cystic acne. I hadn't been diagnosed with PCOS yet, but I just felt like I was fighting against my own body. I was so disconnected Mm. from it. And it was just absolute hell for the last three years. But in that time, in developing a self-pleasure practice, I am so grateful for the women that I call my best friends. They are um, incredible teachers. Um, They're coaches. They're sisters. They're moms. They're entrepreneurs. They're just like, you can't ask for a better group of friends to have around you to help you grow and also kind of be your soundboard so you can have these conversations like and that's why the podcast was actually born because I'm like I get to have these conversations with my friends but so many other women can't other women can so how how can we have you know other women sit in so anyways sex has always been a a no-brainer at most of our conversations at dinner and my one of my girlfriends was telling me about this um like crystal um, sex toy place. And the one of them was called the sacred squirter. And I swear to God, it looks like a crystal seahorse. Okay. (laughs) And we order them because we're discovering different parts of our body. And, you know, I, I wish this conversation wasn't so taboo because how can you expect a certain type of sex or dream about a certain type of sex with a partner but have shame around it to the point where you won't even figure it out, like figure it out with yourself and know what you like and what stimulates you and what like feels good for you. So then you can have an integrated and connected partner to like do these things with. So I'm listening to sex with Emily's episode on squirting and I'm like, I'm doing it. I'm, I'm going to go home and I'm going to, I'm going to do this step-by-step routine. And I need you guys to know it's like 1130 PM on a Tuesday night. Okay. (laughs) And I'm in bed or before I go to bed, it's like step one, go to go pee because then you're going to know it's not pee. And I'm like, okay. So I like go pee. I get into bed and it's like, you know, step two, like just start your self-pleasure practice. Like you know, feel good in your body, do all these things, like probably have an orgasm of some sort to like relax into your body. So I'm doing that. I'm like, this is the best Tuesday night ever, like little date night with myself. And then, you know, I'm using the toy and it's feeling like really, really good. I'm like, this is going to be the night like that I get lucky you with knew myself. It. And yeah. I knew it. And I was like, all of a sudden sheer panic. I'm like, wait, <laughs> I can't do this in my bed. Like, I literally don't know what to expect. Like, what if it, like, gets on my bed? Then I have to sleep did in it. Did she not like, say step one, get a towel? She probably did. Step but that two, was just like, yeah, I feel like that's probably a no-brainer. So <laughs> if you knew me, you would know that I'm absolutely outrageous. Like, I'm probably the most outrageous human. 
And I'm like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to take this to my bathtub because foolproof, your bathtub can get wet. And when I tell you my bathtub, I mean, I did not make a bath for myself. I just sat in my tub and I, I put like it. my legs up <laughs> on the sides of the tub like I'm getting a pap test. Okay. <laughs> like it's so outrageous at this point. And I'm like, okay, well now I got to like get back into it and like romance myself and I'm doing everything and it feels really good. And then she talks about like, just don't stop it. Just like allow it to happen. And it starts happening. And I'm so fucking stoked. I'm like, I did it. I'm the best. And then I was like, it kept going. And I was like, wait, wait. a minute. There's no way that this, I think that I'm squirting right now. And no, it was pee. I was peeing on myself at midnight on a Tuesday. And I was just like, well, I might as well just finish. And then I just washed myself in the shower after. And I there, was just so. like, I was just like, honestly, this is outrageous. I'm going to bed. And I can't believe I said this on the podcast. But... <laughs> moral of this story is i did not squirt um i don't think i think i peed all over myself and um that was the last time i really tried to go for it i was gonna ask (laughs) if you tried again so and that's so something about that is that that sensation it can feel very similar yeah and a lot of women when they are about to squirt they're like shit they stop yeah yeah and then they sort of like clamp down stop it like trying yeah. to stop the flow of urine instead yeah. of like relaxing and allowing that to yeah happen <laughs> and depending on you know how you were stimulating and that kind of stuff I mean I, I think you should try again I if will you feel like it yeah, yeah for sure but yeah I think it's gonna be a bathtub only thing for me I can't be trusted <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> and I'm gonna there's there's some great like wands and tools. Yeah, like, the tool that yeah, I have. So, yeah. Is it a wand? It's kind of like long, but it's kind of like curved. A little, bent, a little curved. An yeah. S. Okay. S. Like, yeah, it looks like a little glass seahorse. Yeah, Anyways, okay, like we one. totally, I didn't think we were going to go there this conversation. <laughs> so let's go back, rewind. <laughs> Sexual dysfunction, one and two women. And yeah, so any type of pain is considered yes. dysfunction. Wow pain unless you want and it's same as like your periods periods shouldn't be painful my body's broken (laughs) so (laughs) yeah uh, you me 50 percent of the other women globally um so and that again there's issues so for me uh i had had a surgery on a cyst and then they actually like stitch your vaginal tissue so it's like an episiotomy I was in my early 20s there is no conversation and it's it's kind of like postpartum too which is a fucking joke but just oh don't have sex for six weeks but no discussion about scar tissue no discussion about how sex might feel different like literally no help period I'm assuming it impacts sensation, right? Or like, yeah, definitely. Because there, yeah. if you're cutting tissue, you're cutting nerves, yeah. but blood supply, everything. You're stitching it up, and then you're replacing it with scar tissue, which has a lot less nerve endings. It doesn't feel the same. Now, aside from like, and I get pelvic pain too, especially when I know I'm stressed. That whole like tight ass thing is not even a joke because like I can feel my pelvic floor, like my rectum, my vagina clenching, which is another thing that we need to myth bust on this too, because we talk about tight vaginas or there's this cultural myth of a tight vagina. Mm. No one wants to have sex with a tight vagina. It just doesn't make sense. We want a vagina that can like relax, open, and draw you in. Yeah, like and you it, don't want like a death grip on your dick. Yeah, and it's but it, and it's not even that because then it's just like your your like musculature is tight and it's rigid and it's not like soft and supple yeah. and like <laughs> engulfing. I guess. So we want a vagina that can tighten. And relax. Mm-hmm. We need dynamic pussies. Is that? Can I love we that. Make that a thing? Yeah, let's make t-shirts. That'll be the first like 
<laughs> That'll be a piece of merch, dynamic pussy, yeah, like right on the it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um, okay, so are women coming to you? I feel like that's a common thing then women are coming to you to speak about sex during or sorry, pain during sex. Yes. And and this is what I love about my work because I just feel like I was naive. I had my naive stage about if I use all my naturopathic tools, then I'm going to solve this sexual dysfunction problem. Mm -hmm. Mm, Not the case because there was so much more going on. Lack of sex education, what we don't know about our bodies. Like Mm -hmm. I could come on five times and Mm -hmm. teach you more every single time about your body that you didn't know sexually. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, how do we live in these bodies? How do we go like sex education in school was not great. And yeah, there's just so much we don't know. Lack of education, the shame around it, the fact that we're taught for the most part that a man's pleasure is more important than our own. Mm -hmm. So we're going into sex, like maybe with porn as our guide, maybe with, um, you know, we were taught reproductive sex education, which is about how to make a baby. Yeah doesn't talk about same-sex relationships, doesn't yeah. talk about, okay, well, so penis and vagina makes a baby, but 70% of women don't orgasm like that. So, you know, I've had so many conversations with women who have just literally never even had an orgasm. Yeah. Or the shame around using a toy or like the shame around self-pleasure and self-discovery. Like, you can't do that. Like, that's weird. I'm like, why is that weird? <laughs> I know. So I, I just told you about, about how it. I squirted yeah. in my bathtub, but I peed on myself. It's not weird. <laughs> but we need to have more conversations, yeah. Yeah. right? And the, so the details on the sex stuff, that's that's in my book, The Pink Canary, all okay. that. The self-pleasure stuff, the the health side of it. And I find it's good because it opens the door. Mm-hmm. where we can like think and not mm-hmm. feel shame and not feel alone. And it's like, oh, okay. Like I can try this self-pleasure routine. Yeah. And then that led to like group programs and coaching, which was amazing because like you mentioned about the conversations that you were having with your friends. And this was thanks to COVID because pre COVID, mm-hmm. I always did this stuff one-on-one because I thought, no, like women are not going to want to talk about these things in a group, whatever. And COVID just, I was like, you know what? Let's go for it. We're going to pilot it. We're going to do my six month program. We're going to do it online together because we're all stuck at home anyway. Mm -hmm. And it was the best thing ever because then we could tell stories like the squirting in the bathtub, peeing on yourself. And we could go, oh, not alone. Yeah. And it just normalized everything and and you can feel so, so good about it. Wrote the pink canary, created pleasure principles. And it is amazing. Don't get me wrong. Like to get women together and do this kind of work and what they learn and how they can empower themselves and save relationships or get Mm -hmm. in good ones. Like Mm -hmm. that part's unreal. And like reinvent their relationships. Like that's the coolest thing that I've watched friends do and I've had people talk to me about is sometimes people are just stuck in ruts um, and they think it's like the end of their road because like reinvention is just like can't be an option but I'm like why can't it be my favorite thing is reinventing myself yeah (laughs) just learning to do it in a way with less impact than I used to when I was younger (laughs) Less aggressive. Just like, yeah. <laughs> um, so for any women that are listening to this and they're like, shit, I, I think that like I can relate to this. I fall into maybe experiencing sexual dysfunction. What are some of the ways that you work with them outside of your course or, you so know, like where do they my, start? My podcast, yeah, the Pleasure Principles podcast would be a great way because there's just so much info there and mm-hmm. in my book, The Pink Canary huge like that takes you through the 
education. Like it's like better sex 101. Okay. And and then and that helped a lot of women. And I was like that's a starting point. I was super jacked up about that. And and then I realized that there was another portion of women that was like, yeah, it's better, but like something still missing. Right. And that was the super women, that was the me's of the situation. The, you know, the difficult complex cases. Um because I I like it that way. That the tips, the techniques, the reframing, the education was only getting us so far mm-hmm. because we couldn't prioritize ourselves and our own pleasure. We didn't know how to ask for what we wanted. Yeah. And a lot of times a very successful over-functioning woman is not in a stable relationship, a stable yeah. romantic relationship energetically. Yeah. So I learned about Chinese medicine in school, so we can talk about yin and yang, we can talk about masculine, feminine, but mm-hmm. essentially a really successful driven woman in her masculine disrupts the polarity. Totally. Disrupts the energy. And I get this because I did this. Like I That is me. Was me. Still is me. Depends on the day. (laughs) Yeah. Same. Working on it. Yeah. I my I'm divorced because I I was in my masculine in that relationship. Couldn't get out of it. Couldn't release control. Couldn't surrender. Couldn't and I mean we can talk about like was he safe to do so and we can have this whole conversation but the take home being for superwomen the superwoman sex that required even deeper work and surrender yeah because you say surrender to a superwoman and they're like i will not surrender like i want to wear the pants the interesting thing That's the thing though. Like I felt like I was just like, oh, I want my partner to step up and like take charge and like do all these things and like da 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 like this rigid expectation of what I wanted mm-hmm. for a man. But I also constantly wore the pants. Yeah. And if he tried, would you let him? <laughs> okay, let me tell you how toxic this is. Like, for example, I got into a fight with my my ex and I was just like, you know, I don't know why I'm the one doing all these things. Like I if I'm coming here, like I want you know, someone else to like, I, I kind of expect you or I want you to be planning some of these things. I want to feel like you're thoughtful. Or I want to feel like, you know, you're thinking about doing these things. And I, that doesn't necessarily mean to like take me to five-star restaurants and hotels and spend all this money. It's just the thought of taking that initiative to plan and to do and to execute. And even when I express that, my psycho ass was making backup dinner plans in case he didn't do it. And it's just like you realize, though, how fucking toxic it is sometimes living in that mentality of like, in order to get shit done, I need to do it myself. And yes, that is true in some cases. And, you know, sometimes I don't, when I say this, I don't mean like, don't ever take charge for anything in your life. But sometimes it comes down to like setting an expectation in a clean and healthy way and then surrendering to that. Yes. So it's like, I want you to wear the pants, but like I won't take mine off. <laughs> exactly. And we and all know I want to take my pants off. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the unwinding of yeah. that thought process because we're conditioned like yeah. that from little girls. Yeah. Right. We were shown love when we succeeded. Yeah. And from achieving. Yeah. And the opposite, like, can you rest and relax without guilt? Is your mind always going or thinking about what you should be doing? Yeah. Do you need to get things done so you can relax? Because really, we should flip it right? We should recharge, refuel, Mm -hmm. and then 
work and give from our excess, but that's not what society and culture teaches us. Yeah. And then we wonder why we're burnt out and having shitty sex. Yeah, I was just going to say, I want to, like, transition into, like, your recipes for great sex. Um, you know, can just I kind of, like, one yeah, you on can say whatever you want. And then totally. we can go yeah. there. Cause, and this will kind of lead in anyway. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of people like to blame their hormones. And like I said, I ran a women's health clinic for eight years. And I ran all the blood work. And even if there were cases of endometriosis, PCOS, etc. When we balanced the hormones, it didn't also resolve the sex issues for mm. like 80% of women. We still had to work on that. It was a separate underlying like a mental cause. thing or a routine thing. Totally mindset stuff. Yeah, because it's interesting. Like going back to my, my no man diet, <laughs> I thought it was going to be six months. And six months went and I realized now my my thoughts around partnership had changed. It's like, well, now I'm like, I'm practicing discernment here. Um, and now I'm like, you need to be really what I want in order for you to come into my space. Not in a snobby way. It's just that like, I'm not into this like one-off casual bullshit stuff anymore. Like I'm actually getting so comfortable being by myself that I want not only my partnerships, my friendships, any relationship to be adding to my life because I'm feeling more secure and kind of healing codependency shit um, and wanting different connection in my romantic relationships. But then the and we went on to about a year, then the pandemic hit, then it started to get really fucking crazy. I was like, okay, like at one point it was like two and a half years and I'm like, okay, like... <laughs> The pandemic I, did not do you any favors. No. And like, yeah, it was just like, okay. So when I got into my last relationship last year, the most incredible thing, and I'm so happy that I was able and still continue to express the gratitude to my my partner about it, is even when, you know, we had ended things in our relationships or even throughout, I had told him multiple times, I'm so grateful for the relationship that we had and the experience that we had together because it was the first relationship I felt so safe to integrate. And I actually felt lucky that I didn't have a relationship for a while because it's so much easier to integrate, you know, new things with new people. Versus like if I was in a relationship for five years and now need to like integrate new patterns and like boundaries and expectations and ways of living with an existing partner or relationship. But I am so grateful for him because this guy really made me feel so safe to communicate and communicate without the fear of like, I can't, if I say something, he'll leave. Like that just didn't exist anymore. It was like, this is what's so important to me. And, you know, moving that into sex and sexual chemistry and like our relationship so fucking transformative because here I am now in a safe place where you know my girlfriend Kelsey says it the best where it's like if you can't talk about having sex with a person you shouldn't be having sex it's like why is it so difficult to have sex combos with our partners and I would add to that love it Love Kelsey. She needs to come to lunch with us. <laughs> she would love to. <laughs> or I need to come to lunch with both of you um, to add to it. Because I find it's the same. Like our like sex and what goes on in the bedroom is just a mirror to mm -hmm. the external world. And this is going on in my group, like my year-long women's group. Right now, we're talking about um, like over-functioning and control and when we're fixing and when we're controlling or mm -hmm. are we trying to change them or scared that they'll leave. So it's really like if you also don't feel safe to ask, like, can you cook the meals this week or can you do this? Or mm -hmm. the, the asking for fear of it won't happen, you also – or fear of they'll leave, asking for fear of they'll leave. The bedroom. It translates to the bedroom. Right. Which brings us to superwoman sex. Because even if you think like, and, and more times than not, I'm dealing with women who don't really want to have sex or their partners don't want to have sex or they're just doing the same thing. And it's like, meh, and it's a box they check or they're like, mm -hmm. well, yeah, I can orgasm and it doesn't hurt. So I don't really have a problem there. Right. 
But to me, the problem is like, if you don't want to rip your partner's clothes off from time to time, like get on your knees and give them a blow job or vice versa, <laughs> that's a fucking problem. Like, and again, life, kids, commitments, yeah, et like cetera. doesn't need to happen six this times. This is a day. not a state that we yeah. are in all day, every yeah. day, okay, people? But even in a five, 10 year relationship, 20 year relationship, if we're working towards cultivating intimacy and going mm-hmm. deeper with each other and trusting and on and on feeling, then that should be happening. Yeah. And if we don't feel safe, our nervous systems don't relax. The pleasure centers in our brain are turned down. So when we're in that burnout state, and this is the link between burnout and sex or shitty, shitty sex, literally in sympathetic overdrive, fight or flight, the pleasure centers in our brain, like our bodies, our nervous systems, they're concerned about survival. They're not concerned about having an orgasm. So touch doesn't feel the same. It's like when your partner comes to touch you and you're like, like just get away Mm -hmm. versus, oh, that felt good. Like I felt that electricity. I want more Mm -hmm. depending on where we're at. If we're overscheduled and we have projects to complete and, you know, kids to care for and whatever we got going on, that would put us in a state to not be able to receive maximum pleasure. So even if superwomen are having sex, it's not as good as sex could be. So I love getting the text of like, oh my God, after that retreat, like I went home and had the best sex I've ever had in my life. And it's like, yes, because you were seen, connected. Yeah. surrendered, and, and connected. Like, they weren't having sex with just the parts of you that you were letting them yeah. see. They were having sex with all of you. Can we talk about the importance of, like, the lead-up to penetration, like, foreplay and, like, pre-sex? Yes. Well, so, I, I don't know why I said pre-sex. I feel like that's still sex, but you know what I meant. <laughs> yeah. And again, this is all all in my book, The Pink Canary. The nutshell version is if, yeah, we should look at it all as sex and that, that explanation's mm-hmm. in there. But men and women are different. So men, and you can hear this in, in different ways, men are like a microwave, women are like the oven. <laughs> Like it microwave, it's hot quick and oven takes yeah. longer to heat up. Or women like are we're like a slow cooker. A hot, yeah, slow cooker. You <laughs> men are that like thing a that light cooks spoon. rice all day. <laughs> so for women, and even length of time to orgasm, and we can go into like again, this in and of itself could be an entire hour topic. So men, they oftentimes masturbating, self-pleasuring, like with the shame around it. Oftentimes they're just like jerking off quickly as children, like to orgasm as children, as teens, as whatever, young when they're younger. Or they're doing it as stress relief in the shower and they don't want someone to walk in. So it's just like they're training themselves as well to orgasm as fast mm. as possible. So like there's there's stuff on on both sides. A lot of women don't feel comfortable self-pleasuring and exploring, which is a massive problem. Yeah. Huge problem. I, side note, I remember the first time a couple of years ago when I saw an influencer post about a sex toy and I was like, <gasps> is she allowed to do that? I remember the visceral reaction that I had. And then I was like, wow, my reaction is a problem. The fact that I'm like, whoa, why is she doing that? Like, I loved that instant noticing. So side note, I just love how it's just becoming so much more common. I'm like, yes, anytime I see a girl posting it, I'm like, get it, girl. Yeah, Netflix, Goop, like so many things have happened to just allow this to be a bigger conversation. Mm -hmm. There's so much more research and development in sex toys for Mm -hmm. women. Yeah. Because before it was like a vibrator that looked like a dick. 
and you could get a different, but now we have like clitoral stimulators like, and suction. And- yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was and your like, option. Sex in the city rabbit or like, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Very few <laughs> options for women. And now there is just, there's so much more mm-hmm. that we're having these conversations. So it's amazing. One thing that I would recommend, and it's just our bodies are different. Well, here we go. Education. So women, if we look at it, and I forget who wrote the article, but a way to conceptualize arousal is like having a gas pedal and a brake, like in a car. So guys usually have a pretty easy accelerator. They're like a race car. They're just like, go. Women have you a an accelerator that's like harder to press, harder to get moving mm-hmm. and a more sensitive brake. So if things happen, you hear a noise, whatever, it can like pull you out of the moment more. Right. So it's okay that your accelerator is harder to press and we want to get you to do things like accept that that's the way it is and do things to help. So for example, If you're having a date, date night, and you want to be intimate that night, does it make sense to schedule a ton of meetings and be busy right up until the date and then like rush in there? No time to decompress. No. Right. No time to maybe like shower or move, get in your body, get out of that sympathetic Mm -hmm. nervous state and into the parasympathetic nervous state where you can receive pleasure, feel. Like, and you're like, what are we doing? It sounds so logical and so simple, right? All of my tips do, but it's, it's that we can't implement them that's the problem like mm-hmm. super women we can listen to all the podcasts read all the blogs and then it's like well shit integrate. fucking yeah. hard to actually integrate to do yeah. to take the action so m- setting yourself up because or or the other thing is you could set a timer on your phone for 30 minutes and be intimate with your partner but panties stay on boxers stay on for that time and you can do touch lick massage do whatever for that time and then have penetrative sex or take off underwear and see where it goes I don't think some men understand that that's more important than the penetration itself and more fun <laughs> so much more fun because remember like, being a kid and me- like okay I say kid okay young. <laughs> how young are we talking here younger <laughs> and messing around like like can we talk about have we forgot about how amazing it is to have a good makeout session yeah like sometimes it's just up. like want to do it and I'm like yes but I want to do all these things Kiss beforehand. Kiss me more. Yeah. And it's also interesting finding a partner where him and I are a bit different on that in that sense, right? Where it's not that he doesn't enjoy doing it, but I'm like, I don't think you understand how much I enjoy doing it. So you're going to have to suck it up a little bit. And it's like, and I always joke around, I'm like, oh, like it's a chore. Like I'm, <laughs> like, I'm yeah, like, can you massage so- me? It's like, I hate massage. I'm like, oh, it's such a chore to touch me. <laughs> um. But the foreplay and the the connection before penetration, I just find like when you're with a partner, when you're so connected, it's actually such an incredible and intimate experience. And it makes sex like a million times better. Because you're able to relax, Mm -hmm. drop into your body and feel like so many women have sex with numb vaginas. Yeah. Because they're in that sympathetic nervous state. And it's like, well, no wonder it doesn't feel good. Or no wonder it's painful. Or it's like, you can't finish. Or I, I don't like orgasm. using that word. I don't know why I said that. It's, <laughs> it's one of those. Th- it's just one of those things that's like, 
they it comes out because we hear it so often yeah, I'm like, when wow, we're talking about these I can't believe that just came things. out of my mouth. Like, we're disgusting. I hate saying that. <laughs> um, okay, wow. This, this is like so much great information. Did we talk about your recipes for sex yet? Your five tips? Were they, we just kind of hopped around. We covered a few. We did. So I'll I'll keep giving, I'll give (laughs) you some more. Um, And another one is take penetration off the table for Mm -hmm. a length of time. Like. It feels good. Like beforehand or like five days? Like. No, like a month. Oh, what? Or I know. (laughs) So, but think about this. (laughs) Think about, and a part of this as well, and like I said, because if you don't even feel comfortable going to your partner, because that's why when the tips don't work, like we mm-hmm. need more help. We need to see a therapist. Mm-hmm. We need to, um, like there's a reason why you you can't either with you or with your partner or the dynamic between the two that you can't like ask for that or, oh my, I'm, he'll never go for that or he'll be so upset or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the point being is we want to explore. We want to change it up. We want to, if the sex that you've been having, you don't want to have, or you're in a rut and it's not exciting anymore, we need to change it up. And you bet that not having penetrative sex will do that. At the end of the month, you'll want it, or it could be, three weeks or whatever Mm -hmm. doesn't have to be a month I'm just throwing it out there that's kind of my when we experiment in my groups that's a general rule that we would give some people do it and they like it so much they do it longer um but it seems like a wait what yeah but when we think about everything that I said 70% of women don't orgasm from penetration alone and sex could be painful or we're not aroused enough how much fun is it to just make out or fool around I guess that is true like just framing it in that perspective of like how can is it like rewriting or rewiring for some women where they're like oh wait a second like there's so much more to this outside of penetration and it helps them like relax into their body and connections yeah and they don't yeah like we don't even know the types of touch that we like yeah or where or softer harder any of that so it's a really fun I just had a flashback to this one guy hooked up with once I swear to god sorry wow as soon as you said that I was like oh memory lane oh we're back tell us I just hooked up with this guy once and we had we had hooked up a couple of times actually but yeah he was like when we were making out I swear to god I need to put a disclaimer that my dad does not listen to this episode um he literally like pushed me back onto the bed respectfully and was like I yeah there was consent there was consent. Everything was consensual. He tied my hands up and put them over my head and he like kind of laid me down onto the bed and he was just like, no touching. He's like, I'm going to spend the next little bit like learning your body to see what you like. And I was like, what the fuck? Yes, please. Yeah. Can you stay longer? Like, can I keep you for a little bit? <laughs> exactly. I'm like other men take note, but I was just like, we love this. <laughs> we love this. <laughs> That, again, same thing. We, you can practice giving and receiving. So, because we lose that when we're in the rut. Mm-hmm. Or just as adults that we're busy, stressed out, burnt out, and we're just like trying to do it to get it over with. But when you can practice giving pleasure and then receiving, like, so one night or week it's your partner's turn and and vice versa and then you're getting that vibe you're getting that feel like oh no don't touch me this tonight it's all about you so it can bring that spark back (laughs) yeah more date nights yeah more date nights so underrated yeah Yeah, underrated thing um and we think about it and I I made this mistake on the weekend busy I had a conference we had a surprise birthday party like lots of stuff going on 
um, kids, that's a whole other like thing to work around. Daughter's down for a nap and um, I'm like, okay, we've been so busy and normally my partner has kids, two other kids. So every other weekend, it's just our daughter. Um, And we usually like try to do a date night and do things so we can connect just with less Mm -hmm. humans to care for. Mm -hmm. And yeah, just busy and we hadn't really had our connection time. So I, and he's like, I got to go into work and grab something because I've got this last minute conference call at five on a Sunday. And I'm like, okay, well, because this is as we're getting out of the shower. And I was like, well, like, let's just go into bed first. And like, as I kind of like rushed things and knowing that we didn't have a little bit, a lot of time, but I was feeling, and I'm, I'm all about a quickie, not a, not against it, but I wasn't connected enough. I wasn't relaxed enough. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we were intimate. Everyone had a good time, but it was just like, after I was kind of thinking, I was like, oh fuck, like I totally superwomaned that encounter. Like in a hurry, rushed through it, went to things that I know to kind of like get me off. But what I was craving was the connection. And it wasn't like quickies, you know, aren't mm-hmm. necessarily super like intimate, deeply connected kind no. of. They serve a purpose. There's a time and place. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but it was one of those things I was like, okay, definitely. Like you were in sympathetic, weren't asking <laughs> for what you needed. And really like that whole encounter, if I stopped and thought about it, probably just should have told them that like meet me, you know, at 8 p.m. later in our bed kind of thing. Like That's a great move planted the seed of connection or like let him know that I -hmm. wanted him but not yeah like controlled the situation to that extent yeah you put your pants back on I did yeah I did and I'm just like (laughs) no like I I like surrendered sex better now and I can't undo it yeah I love that Wow, we talked about so many incredible things today. You're everyone listening. Hopefully that wasn't too jumpy for you guys. Um, but <laughs> Dr. Wiggins, you talked about your book and your podcast a couple of times. Um, so maybe just let's reiterate that. I'll obviously put it in the show notes for everyone to connect with it. Um, but also let us know if there's a way that people can work with you either in Toronto or virtually for people that aren't in Toronto. So my podcast is the Pleasure Principles Podcast with Dr. Jordan Wiggins. What Apple, all the <laughs> all the places, and same my book, The Pink Canary. Um, you can all the anywhere you can buy a book, um, and Instagram at Dr. Jordan Wiggins. I'm on there. I answer DMs. So if you have any questions, let me know. Um, and then I do work virtually with women, um, around the world. Amazing. So pleasurecollective.com and you can find more details about all of that. But really I just like send me a DM okay. and I'll, I'll send you the link and cause I just like to chat and figure out what's going on. Cause it, there is literally so much. So sometimes I'm not the person, but I have a very good referral network. Amazing. Thank you for diving into some of those topics with me because we went there, which I'm happy that we did. And, um, for those of you guys who listened, this stays on the podcast. Okay. We don't, <laughs> we don't talk about this off the podcast. <laughs> Thank you. (laughs) Thanks for having me, Allie. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Unfiltered with Allie. 
just a friendly reminder that I have new episodes that drop every single week, including some bonus content called Honey Check, co-hosted with my best friend, Jenna Garrow, where we catch up for some classic girl talk. If you like what you heard, please be sure to subscribe to the show. And of course, leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. Not only do I love hearing what you guys think of the episodes, but it helps support the show so much. Lastly, be sure to connect with me over on Instagram at at unfilteredwithally. You'll be able to access a ton of extra content from each of the episodes, slide into my DMs, and you can find the link for my free online Facebook community. This is designed for inspiring badass women all around the world. Can't wait to chat with you next week. Bye.